Welcome to season seven of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise on facilitating leadership learning. Are you passionate about leadership education? Do you want to expand your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning, and program design? Then this is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I am Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University. And I'm Dan Jenkins, Professor of Leadership and Organizational Studies at the University of Southern Maine. So welcome to the final episode of Season 7, where we looked at mentoring in leadership education context. So this season, we focus on advancing our leadership educator and education community of practice by exploring exemplary mentor-mentee relationships in our field and also learn from scholars who might have written or spoke or developed mentor programs in higher education. And we were guided by one big question, which was how do mentors help leadership educators that design and facilitate leadership programs and conduct research and teach to advance their practice or their competency or their capacity and and, in various ways, shapes, and forms. Right, Lauren? Right. We definitely answered that question about <laughs> how I feel like we asked everybody we knew, what's your relationship like? Or or and or scholars who've written, like, tell us all the things, like give us the, the cliff notes. I, to me, it was nice because it affirmed some things I already knew on a surface level about mentorship, like how it was a relationship or a professional relationship. But then I also learned new information, as well as just witness, I think, so many meaningful experiences during this season. Probably for me, one of the more um, meaningful seasons, uh, simply because we watched just a lot of really cool things happen around mentoring. Um, And so in our episode today, Dan, we're going to talk about that, right? I think so. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I think one of the interesting things just from kind of like timeline perspective was having uh, Susan Kamavez and John Dugan on to come and talk about their mentee-mentor relationship. You know, I think that was one of the first ones that we ideated when we were putting together the season. And then I don't know if we knew that Susan had, was going to be, I don't think we knew yet, right? I think we kind no. of put put together the, so right. So if, if you all have been listening this season, we also had uh, so Susan made two appearances uh, mm-hmm. on our podcast this this season, once with John, and then later on reflecting on her acceptance of the International Leadership Association's Lifetime Achievement Award. And so it was really interesting to be there at the Global Conference in DC in October and to see, you know, when just John that uh, was Mm-mm. a recipient of, of her mentorship, you know, there were dozens of folks and nobody was the same, right? Every every gender, every color, every age, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and, and people within higher ed, people outside of higher ed and, and her family couldn't speak enough about, I think it was her son who said, you know, or daughter that that said, you know, how how she is at work. She's just like that at home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, where does the, where, where does she find the time? And so, you know, that, that was definitely an interesting kind of piece that just kind of intertwined or, or, or kind of was interwoven across our season for me. 
Yeah. And even, and just to give some background too, for those that haven't been listening, this has been an unofficial stand club for, for Susan for years. And we had asked the question, you know, we want you to come on the show. And so it's interesting that twice in the season we had her mm-hmm. on the show when we, we, we wanted, we wanted her on and recognize the importance of her voice, but also didn't want to do something that other people did. And I think we got two really unique episodes with her, which which I'm really fortunate. Uh, I think we're both really fortunate mm-hmm. um, to have had that experience because, you know, in the first episode, she really opened up about her relationship with Don, John Dugan. And while she's she's mentored and served as a role model for many, it was nice to hear like the personal nature of their relationship. Because when we talk about mentoring, it's in such a professional capacity, right? It's how can you guide me in my career? How can you help me navigate challenges at work? And what, what I feel like one of my takeaways was those were like those relationships really transfer over into the personal side of things. Like Wanda came on my mentor. I've known Wanda since I was 17 years old. And so almost 25 years now. And, and at some point our, well, our relationship was probably personal from the start. Um, but, but I didn't even think about how for others you get to a level where it does turn personal. Like she threw me a bridal shower and when 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 I was her coordinator, um, she, she retired a couple of years ago. So now our conversations are, how are you? How are the kids? Like, how's your your new house? And so, you know, somewhere that relationship definitely changes. And it was nice to see theirs and witness theirs. But then also it made me think about, you know, the, the building relationships just doesn't stop. Um, it, they continue to, to go on. Yeah. And I think for for me, it was interesting to learn a little bit more about the formality of mentor-mentee relationships. There were very few stories outside of the context of an academic or like a student affairs program, thinking about like faculty to student or student to student, like peer mentorships. Were those, you know, in particular, like when we when we met with Jonathan uh, Orsini, and then when we talked with Summer and Kelsey and, and Lori, you know, that that structure was important. You know, there needs to be specific learning outcomes or goals or, or kind of like a purpose for that relationship because it it is a part of the student's success. But in almost every other context or relationship that we either uh, had guests on that were sharing with us or the scholars that had written extensively about that. Like when we had on Audrey, or excuse me, Stacy. Yeah. Audrey and Stacy to talk about their mentoring diverse leaders book. And then our own experiences, right. With like, you just mentioned with Wanda and, and me with Jody, like it, it wasn't like we called them up and said, hi, I'd like to enter into a formal mentor mentee contract with you for such, such and such duration. These types of things naturally emerge. And Jody spoke about that quite a bit that sometimes Things just, I guess, through serendipity, they they fall into a certain type of place where you um, you find yourself uh, going to this person, or you know, again in Jody's case, she just happened to be the supervisor in my my department uh, or the area uh, of which I was assigned when I was a doctoral student when I was working at University of South Florida in various different roles, and but it was someone who went the extra mile and was always always developing, always developing others. And so I, I benefited greatly, uh, but I knew that I wasn't the only one, right? There were graduate assistants, there were work-study students. Uh, when she was an adjunct there in the Master's of Student Affairs program, I know, I know that students were seeking her out for mentorship because they were stopping by the offices <laughs> to try and find her. And, her. and her door was always open unless she was meeting with somebody, right? I mean, it was just the way that she, that she did things. 
I enjoyed Jody a lot when she said she she hired people who saw the potential in students like that line was so meaningful mm-hmm. because, you know, you can have the best resume, but if you're not a person who's really going to champion students, you're, you're just you're not going to make it in higher education. I think we're past the days where you can't care about students. Um, you have it's almost it, uh, other duties as assigned. It's almost becoming like something in the job, job description. You have to care about them as people, not not everybody, but you really have to care about students as people. That That's kind of what they've been used to in K-12 education, but also what's needed as we're navigating higher ed now. One of the things too, you talked about, you know, the formality in, in my doc work, one of the things I'm finding is, so naturally the interactions that lead to mentorship don't occur between students and faculty. And so I almost feel like there needs to be some formal process on the front end just to force a higher number of students and faculty to participate. Um, But I do believe once you get people connected, then you don't need that formality. Like you'll naturally find the people that you connect with and will build those relationships. Um, So it's almost like a, you, you need like a meetup so that people can be forced to meet or interact. And then the rest of that relationship, I think, will take care of itself. Um, the other thing I think about is when Jonathan Jonathan Orsini, Dr. Jonathan Orsini talked about kind of how to mentor graduate students, he was kind of like call them by their names and respond to their emails. You know, and it's such a, a simple, two simple things, but it makes people feel seen and heard. And it, it makes you feel like, you know, that that someone actually cares about you. That was definitely a theme that came out for me this season as well as just listening. Like in my experience with my chair, a lot of our, like the first 10 minutes of our conversation, we laugh and joke, meaning he checks in on how I'm doing. And as I'm talking about trying to juggle everything, he's kind of like, you you know, you'll get it. You'll be fine, you know, and, and shares an encouraging word. And then we get into talking about the, the, the details of, of my work. And so, you know, some of those very simple things that you do in any relationship really make the difference in terms of mentoring doc students as well as just just mentoring folks in general. How do you feel about that, Dan? Well, I think I think it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, you had me thinking about Kathy Allen and uh, and Bill Smedic when we had them on, and thinking about the relationship that that they had, where like Kathy was just some like just a little bit more senior than Bill was at that time. Right. And so then, and then we learned that, you know, for 35 years, almost they've, they've had this, this relationship, but this idea of being able to seek out somebody. And, and I think our field, I mean, I think we've learned that too. And again, not to like belabor talking about, about, about Susan Kamavez, but something that she really modeled for so many others in the field was this, behavior of being accessible and not being, you know, I guess Joe Biden says like, Hey, you you ain't better than anybody else. Ain't nobody better than you, you know, kind of, you know, I I think about people that we've interacted with or that were, that were talked about. And sometimes people that I sought out early in my career to write with or whatever, you know, we had Julie Owen on a a couple uh, seasons ago, and she was someone who I was very nervous to reach out to because she had been in the field for, uh, for longer than I, and had already had such a strong reputation working in the field and publishing and what have you. And she was like, sure, let's write together. That sounds great. Even Kathy Guthrie had been in the field a few more years than I had. And when I initially started working with her, when we both volunteered for a, a NASPA pre-con, like I, I was seeking some some mentorship from her. And then we it really kind of transitioned into like peer mentorship, which uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I think about 
how generous people have been, at least for me, but I've, I've, I've heard that from others with their time, whether it's at a conference, folks are burning the midnight oil, grabbing drinks at the conference hotel or what have you. But just when it gets down to just a few people hanging out at a, at the conference site or the hotel or wherever, and like people start, things start getting real. Right. And people start to talk about things that, that are a little bit more personal and just how grateful people have been with their time. I think about Jackie Bruce, who's now the, the editor of of uh, Journal of Leadership Education. We're hoping to have her on in the spring, and we'll talk about that, what our theme's going to be soon uh, on this episode. And then Nicole Stedman- in all up. our business, Dan. You're I know, right? all our business. <laughs> and Nicole Stedman, who has come up too by some of our some of our guests. And, and those were two women that, mostly through Association of Leadership Educators conferences, that I had opportunities to just chat with and, and learn from their wisdom and experience in the field in a way that felt very authentic. And I think that's just- I don't know if that's true in all disciplines and all fields. And that's just something that is really, really special, I think, and has contributed to the development of our community of practice in our field. Yeah. we. So I feel like we have read so much about the um about being authentic in leadership that it's it's hard not to model some of the things that we've read. I've always felt like that. And and it your your comments about kind of everybody being willing and open really speaks to our conversation around humility and mentorship. There's so many folks that are are gracious with their time and and make offers for you to take action on. I think one of the the big things I realized is there's a lot of folks willing to help, but it's about what can you take it, not take advantage of, but take action on in terms of growing your own um, career and expanding your research and knowledge and, and, and teaching practice. So that theme of humility, you know, we had a whole episode about that, but it really is a kind of second takeaway from this, this season on, on mentorship, how important that is. And the, I also think about, you said, I don't want to go there, but let's go there, the pe- peer mentorship, because that was a conversation we had in the planning process. Mm-hmm. And it came up in so many episodes, how, how that's a piece. And I wonder if, and, and you, you, you said this, but like, kind of, how do we define peer mentorship? At what point do you become peers? How do you define mentoring? Um, it, what are almost not the advantages of it, but I, I feel like that that's something that moving forward, I, I really want to explore simply because I know I w- was doing it unofficially, but knowing how important it is to the research, it makes me think about, um, you know, what does that look like in its capacity? So we talked about, you know, some of the things that are unique to leadership education. One of the people I would consider my peer mentors, my my good friend, fellow Florida State graduate, um, Dr. Ajaya Williams, she doesn't teach in leadership. She teaches in athletic training. And we have conversations about teaching and I'll run ideas by her and and we'll talk about like challenges and issue. And there's some things that are the same and some things that she offers a new perspective um, to the conversation. And it's, it's, so it's not just like talking to other leadership educators, but it's also just talking to other faculty members. Um, Another person, Dr. Uh, Deborah Blair, she was my professor in undergraduate. She taught diversity in sport and she works at Temple and still runs a, like research and centers uh, around that topic. But she's another person, not exactly in leadership education, but we have conversations around a related, our, our related work and related practice. And again, she's someone that was a mentor because she was my professor 20 years ago. And now we're colleagues because we work together on university committees. But But it's almost like, this still bouncing back and forth a little bit because she's my senior. Um, but 
also, she's someone that we've talked about challenges we both have together kind of on the same level, both as, as professors at a research one institution. And so, so that conversation, it, I feel like that peer mentorship piece and the humility piece are things I want to look into more after hearing that theme regularly throughout our episodes. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, uh, I'm trying to figure out where's the line between just being like friends and confidants and like peer mentoring, you know, (laughs) is it, is it because, you know, is it, is it because the, you're sharing a context, you know, maybe is that, is that the difference maker there? Cause I think about folks that I've been just so lucky to have have met and known. I mean, I mentioned, you know, uh, Kathy Guthrie, I think about like Corey C. Miller, who, you know, we, uh, you know, co-founded the Leadership Education Academy together. And um, she was someone too, like, like Julio, when I initially sought uh, Corey out, you all can go back and listen to that story. Um, I mean, I was pretty starstruck because I've been citing her in my, uh, mm-hmm. in my dissertation. And so my early, 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 early publications, and then having the opportunity to work, work closely with her and, and work with others and lead a team with her. I learned so much. And when I, I wouldn't say I've caught up to her <laughs> level of, uh, of productivity, but uh, I've, I've, uh, I'm somewhere, <laughs> somewhere near there or in the, maybe in the same century, but being able to, to reach out to um, someone like her or, you know, Scott Allen, who we've had on, Dave Rush, we're going to have on as, as well. And we'll do things like, let's let's get some people together or just the two of us and do like a virtual happy hour and just you know shoot the you know what and just catch up but sometimes you know it starts with family like you said with with your uh dissertation advisor right sometimes it starts with just catching up for it and laughing about stuff for maybe 10 minutes but then you do start to talk about how's everybody doing in the field who have you heard from you know what are people working on hey this is going on what do you think about that would you reach out to this person would you write with this person uh, again or at all and things like that and so you trust these people and i think that came out both with john and susan and bill and kathy that kind of uh, reciprocal nature of the mentoring relationship that once it starts to develop uh, it becomes more of where you're it's not one-sided right it, it you're both benefiting from being a part of the relationship yeah i completely agree i wonder if that's something that maybe either someone listening will take on and study so we can read or if this is something we'll add to our never-ending list of things to explore. Um, So Dan, any final comments on mentoring before we close out our episode? Um, It's important. um, And it's not, and it's different than coaching, right? Um, So maybe, maybe in a future season, we'll, we'll look at coaching because I, uh, it's interesting, you know, I have seen that has definitely emerged. I think of what's going on over at like the Door Institute at Rice and university and and some of the other developments uh, in the field. And, And I definitely have had some students in our uh, master's and doctoral programs that are really, really interested in both coaching and mentoring. So I think that there's, you see this growing, this, this part of our field. And I mean, we all, well, I don't say we all, but um, if you've been a part of a mentor program, you know, the logistics and around facilitating it are, it's not, it's not easy, right? Pairing people up and making sure that they're not just meeting just once and in some of these more formalized programs, but you know, what, what is the value add and what, what do we know um, about mentor and mentee relationships as well as mentoring programs? And how does that maybe differ from coaching programs and, and things like that, specifically as we think about institutions of higher education? It was a really, really rewarding season to work on and what a joy it was to bring on, not just learning from folks that we did hadn't met before and some of their wisdom, but to have on our own mentors was, was really, really, was really special. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't ag agree with you more. I, you know, it's interesting in, in psychology literature, there's like this idea of a spectrum of professional relationships that includes mentoring, coaching, advising. And, and I wonder if, um, again, if somebody's looking for some research to do, if there's a way to expand on that in terms of just leadership education, because I feel like it's this hidden gem that um, has not been explored and could be really helpful in understanding the 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 current landscape as relationships increasingly become important. Um, the thing I think I'd close with before talking a little bit about season eight is uh, how we were able to mix our, our personal interests a little bit with our professional interests in having our Marvel episodes. So um, we're both MCU fans and knowing Wakanda Forever uh, was coming out this year, we were able to talk to the authors of the book Leaders Assemble. Um, if you're like me, you watch everything through this leadership lens. Like I watch uh, the challenge, the MTV's The Challenge, and there's so many concepts in there that I'm like, I wonder if my class will watch this and we can talk about it together. But we had uh, Drs. Gordon Schmidt and Cy Islamon to talk about leadership and mentorship in Marvel Comic Universe. And that was one of my favorite episodes in terms of mixing personal and professional interests together. So if you haven't listened to that one, please do. And there's an associated book with that as well. So um, I think I read it in I read the first two chapters and then the mentoring chapters in like two hours over that weekend at ILA. And it was a, a, a great reason. The only reason I put it down was I had to go back to work and school research, but it was a very interesting book. Um, so as always with our uh, final episodes, we always talk about what we are thinking about next. And as Dan alluded to, season eight begins next year in 2023, which I'm floored that we're even saying that because I think it's um, my 20 year reunion from college. I think that's where I am now. Right. And I'm 25. Don't do that math. But um, next year, we're looking at leadership education, research, and scholarship. Um, we want to have on some editors of journals in the field, thought leaders who are developing books, and other uh, compendiums of scholarship and leadership education, training, and development. So we have those episodes to look forward to planning and recording um, and releasing for our spring semesters. Really excited about that. And in some ways, kind of returning back to basics a little bit, if we think about our first season when we had on uh, individuals that were either uh, professional staff or volunteers or some of our biggest professional associations, uh, obviously there's a lot of resources that are shared or come out of some of those professional associations, but we also have you know what, what tends to be, I guess, perhaps maybe a little bit more of the academic side of things, but a lot of these resources and, and the scholarship span both curricular and co-curricular context. Some certainly are a little bit more intense in one or more of those domains. And so I think it will be really great to, to chat with some of these individuals and also share that with, with our audience so that they can learn more about, about maybe some resources that, that are untapped in their own practices. So yeah, I think that that's everything. Thanks so much for listening this season. Thank you so much to all of our guests this season. Again, it was uh, such a joy to, to learn from everybody and, and, and very, very special having our own mentors on. So uh, en enjoy your break and we'll see you in 2023. Do you connect with leadership educators virtually? Please follow us on social media. Search the Leadership Educator Podcast on LinkedIn to find our page. And find us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod for episode release information, show notes, and upcoming events. You can connect with me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Leadership. And Lauren is at M R S L A U R J B. That's Miss 
Laura JB. You can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. We also encourage you to please subscribe at theleadershipeducator.com and rate us five stars as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us. We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management. And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matt White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor and chair of jazz studies at the University of South Carolina. Check him out at mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience. And finally, we are grateful for the support of two professional associations that are destinations for leadership educators, the Association of Leadership Educators and the International Leadership Association. ALE, which funded the start of the podcast, continues to promote our mission of continuing conversations with leadership professionals. Check out all that ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. The global reach of the ILA has helped us to expand our listenership beyond our original borders. Check out the ILA's programs and resources at ilaglobalnetwork.org.